Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain to me. I'm no, not you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. Robert Emmett Lyons. Just saying that name literally makes my skin crawl. He is arguably the creepiest predator I've caught. And that says something considering I've caught more than 400 of them over the last 17, 18 years. But Lyons holds a special place in predator history. And I'll get into the details in a moment. But first off, just his mannerism when he walked into the Stinghouse in Riverside, California. Now, this was literally 16 years ago this month. 16 years ago. It was January of 2006. And it was our third investigation, as you probably know. The first one where we collaborated with law enforcement, the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. 51 men showed up over the course of three days. 51 men from all walks of life. We had a teacher. We had guys from Hollywood. And we had Robert Emmett Lyons. 
online, Lyons went by the screen name Pavlov1234. It was pretty ironic because obviously he was Pavlovian in his own way, not able to control his sexual desires. He had a past, and I'll get into that in a moment. But Lyons actually told the decoy, who went by the name of David Online, as a 13-year-old boy, that he was 28 years old. That's right, 28. 40 years younger than his actual 68 years. Can you imagine somebody having the audacity? I mean, on so many levels, but starting with the fact that he said he was 28 when he was 68. The chat was extraordinarily graphic. And we learned before Lyons walked into the house in Riverside, California, that he was already a registered sex offender. That's right, he had been convicted before of molesting a young boy. And I have the details here, and I'll tell you about that in just a minute. But first, let's set up this chat between Pavlov1234 and 13-year-old David. Pavlov1234 gets right down to business in the chat, saying to the boy, you down for getting head? If you is, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. David says, I want a boy. Cool, me too, says Lyons. How old are you? 28. Remember, I told you about that. 28, he says online. They go on to discuss the location where the boy is. Pictures are exchanged. The decoy mentions that he looks pretty solid for a 28-year-old. Now, it didn't take long to look at this picture Lyons sent to figure out that he wasn't 28. It was a picture that apparently, or at least he said, was in Las Vegas, where he hangs out. The decoy says, you look like a rock, dude. Thanks. You're just saying that. The decoy says, I want to be a doctor. What you do? You look like a doctor, LOL, says Lyons. You look smart and cute. That's so cool, man. I don't have AIDS. I'm not getting it. What do you do? I'm a building engineer, says Lyons. I do property management for a lot of big companies. And the conversation goes on and there's more discussion about what kind of a student Emmett was and how the young boy is trying to find his way in life. Emmett Lyons asks where the boy's from. He said Michigan just moved to California. It's a typical profile. Boy or girl moves to a different part of the country doesn't have a lot going on socially and is looking for friends online. And these predators, lions being very skilled at this, know how to groom a vulnerable kid. And you see this in the chat because he's talking about school and getting good grades. And then it transitions back into looks pretty. Lions admits along the way that he likes to dress in women's clothing, that he's a bottom guy and that he will certainly pay for sex. He's got money, he says. It's not a problem. The decoy says, my dad goes Friday to Sunday night, meaning he's going to be out of town and the boy's going to be all alone. You mean you're going to be alone? Yeah. He let me stay alone now, but calls. Okay, that's cool. Do we need rubbers? Do they hurt? Says the decoy. Pavlov, hmm, 
I don't know. I don't fuck guys. But if you want, you can do me. I got some. Decoy says, I never done it. Lions, how big are you? Five, but still growing. You can do me doggy style if you want. What's that, says a decoy. I'll show you. I'll suck you first, okay? The decoy says I come and still hard. It hurts. Really? Does it hurt when you come? Says Pavlov. No, like when I come, then it stays hard. It hurts then. I come again, then again. Now this really excites Pavlov, and it fits, you know, with an adolescent who's sexually curious. And Lions, Pavlov1234, takes advantage of this and seizes the opportunity to groom him further. That's good. You can come in my mouth. I do what you say, says the decoy. No, I want to do what you want, says Lyons. And it goes back and forth again and gets pretty graphic. That conversation spans several days. And remember, it was busy inside the Riverside house. 51 guys in three days. And when we were waiting for Robert Lyons to show up, Dell Harvey of Perverted Justice at the time, and Frag, who were administrators with Perverted Justice, the online watchdog group, were actually monitoring the chats between Lyons and other PJ decoys. And when they ran his name, they learned that there was a similar Robert Emmett Lyons in the sex offender registry for the state of California, which has a picture on it. You can look it up. And so there's this commotion in the room where the decoys are operating, where Del and Frag are. And they take the picture that Lyons sent the decoy posing as the 13-year-old boy named David, and they put it next to the picture in the California sex registry. And it's virtually unmistakably the same guy. This is his picture, right? That's his sex offender registry picture. It's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is the same. He's not 28. He's 68. And he had just months before, literally less than a year, 11 months before, been convicted of sexually assaulting a 14-year-old boy. So I know this. Just literally minutes before Lyons walks in, I have this information because Dell and Frag have shared it with me. And there's a flurry of activity in the house because they're trying to get me as many specifics as possible. I'm trying to digest them. And we know he's going to be there any second. So we see him pulling up in his car. And he comes lurking down the sidewalk between the decoy house, the sting house, and the house next door. And this is a very nice middle to upper middle class neighborhood in Riverside County. Subdivision used to be cattle fields back in the day. And he comes in and we had this red curtain over the sliding glass door at the back of the house that went out to the patio. Sort of as a privacy layer so they couldn't actually see in the window. And we're all in position. I'm watching this on the monitor. And he creeps in. And he, he, he looks like a rat. 
and even more so as the sting continues. But he lurks in and he freezes. And Dell, posing as the 13-year-old boy, and she was so good at that, says, I'm just going to go brush my teeth. I'll be right back down. Go ahead and have a seat at the counter. What happened? I had crap stuck in my teeth. Your feet? Just, just hang out at the kitchen counter for a second, okay? What happened? Do you want a drink or something? No, it's okay. All right, just hang out at the counter. I got to go get my shirt on. Hang outside? Sit down at the counter for a second. I got to go get my shirt on. Okay. And at first we thought he might have been hard of hearing because he says, what, you got to do something with your feet? What's wrong with your feet? I'm paraphrasing, but that was the essence of it. And Dell repeats, no, my teeth, I'm going to go brush my teeth. And so at this point I'm watching, right? And because he's not fully physically in the house, he's sort of leaning in and he freezes. He's dead still for what seemed like minutes. I'm sure it was just seconds. And I'm, I'm really thinking, all right, this guy is going to back out and bolt. But he comes in, takes another step in, and that's when I decide to confront him. And he's nervous. But he does, as I suggest, come to the kitchen counter. And he sits down. What was your plan here today, Robert? No plan. No plan at all. I've got the transcripts of your conversation here. You say to him, I'll be your girlfriend and you be my boyfriend, huh? He says, are you a girl? You say, nah, sometimes I wish I really was. He says, what do you wear? You say, panties bra. It's a pretty sexually charged conversation, Robert, to have with a 13-year-old boy. What conclusion am I to draw from this? Just conversation that probably was offhanded. What it sounds like, Robert, is that you wanted to come here to have a sexual liaison with a 13-year-old boy? No, that was not my intention. No, that was not my intention. Well, Robert, we know better. It's right around now in the confrontation that he starts this weird rat-like twitch with his upper lip. I've never seen anything like it. And when I talked about being creeped out and my skin crawling earlier in the podcast in this episode, and I'm looking at this guy, and sometimes in the heat of the confrontation, you miss some of the nuance of the details. But I saw this right there in the kitchen in Riverside. His lip was physically twitching in a way that resembled a rat, a real rat, nervous, backed into a corner. And so I keep questioning him about his real intent. As you heard, I confronted him with the transcripts, bottom guy, about the boy asking questions, the decoy asking questions about condoms. But he sticks to his story. Many of these guys break when confronted with the transcripts. Lyons did not. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. This is when I confront Lyons with his history. The fact that he's a registered sex offender. And I have a copy of the bulletin that details all this. And so I put it to him. And he admits 
that in fact, he's a registered sex offender. Listen to what he has to say. And what were you convicted of before? Uh, lewd conduct. Lewd conduct. Specifically, what was that conduct? Uh, with a minor. With a minor. What did you do with a minor? Sexual. Sexual. In what way, sexual? There was intercourse. Intercourse. So you had intercourse with a underage boy? Yes. How long were you in prison for that offense? I wasn't in prison. You weren't in prison? You got probation? Correct. How long were you on probation? I'm still on probation. You're still on probation now. So you're on probation for having sex with a boy how old? 15. 15. And now you're in this house to meet a 13-year-old boy. Lyons makes it sound like it was a big misunderstanding that he had a relationship with a 15-year-old boy who had lied about his age. And so he really didn't mean to have sex with a minor. Now, as we wade into the actual facts of the case, we find out he's lying at the time. The victim in this case was actually 14 years old. Lyons claims that he merely got probation, but that's not the truth. First of all, the victim in that case was actually 14, not 15, as Lyons suggested to me in the confrontation. He said he didn't go to jail, but that's not true either. Lyons actually was sentenced to a year of weekends in jail for this offense. And he was on probation when he walked into our stinghouse in Riverside. And part of that probation and part of the registration as a sex offender was that he not associate with any unrelated minor unless accompanied by a responsible adult approved by the probation officer. Well, clearly he violated that. And there's a whole list of things he wasn't supposed to do, 26 of them, in fact. Number 20 was not engaged in any communication on the internet with anyone identified as a minor or anyone who you know to be a minor unless authorized by the probation officer. Okay, so right then and there, Robert Lyons has violated his probation. The confrontation continues. What would have happened if I wasn't here, Robert? I don't know. We probably would have talked and and met up. And talked and met up. Is that what you did with the 15-year-old boy in the last case? Um, I made a mistake and just done it. And I didn't even know he was 15. He told me he was 18. What did you learn from your previous mistake? I learned to be... More careful, more astute, stay away from, uh, or to make, not to be subjected to the proposition or making propositions to anybody. But Robert, you're in a home trying to meet a 13-year-old boy. Finally, I tell Lyons who I am and what I'm doing. Well, Robert, I've got to tell you something. I'm Chris Hansen, and we're doing a story on computer predators. If there's anything else you'd like to say to us, we'd like to hear it. If not, there's obviously nothing I can do to keep you here, and you're obviously free to go. He's very curious as to whether or not all this was going to be on television, as if that was the biggest fear. He was facing a lot of prison time now. He wanted to know when it was going to be on. I said, I don't know. No decisions have been made yet, which was my standard line back then. And I said, if you give me your phone number, we'll let you know. He did give me a phone number. 
He then leaves out the same sliding glass door he crawled into. And remember, all this time, he's got that twitchy lip thing going on. So he leaves. And I think at this point, he probably thought he was going to get away with it. And being on TV was going to be the worst part of it. And probably, in his mind, trying to figure out, what the hell am I going to say to my probation officer once this goes public? And then he's met by Chad Bianco and the rest of the team from the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. Bianco is now sheriff, the official elected sheriff of that department today. He ran the investigation. Right away, Lyons clams up. Why are you here? Tell me what's going on today. What are you coming over the house for? Uh, at this point, I think I've uh, talked to an attorney on this. Okay. He's been down this road before and says that he wants a lawyer. He's not going to say anymore. And so... He's taken away. Initially, Lyons was denied bond. And later at a hearing with a lawyer present, he was, you know, able to afford a good lawyer because he had money. Bond was set at a million dollars, the highest bond ever set for a predator I've caught. He never got out on bond. He fought the charges all the way to the California Supreme Court. The lawyer tried to use a strategy involving the fact that California was a two-party consent state. In other words, you're not allowed to record somebody without their permission on the phone or in any other manner. He was unsuccessful, and we knew that the law you know, was on our side and the side of law enforcement and the prosecution. And ultimately... A year and a half after his arrest, he was sentenced to five years in prison, probation, and lifetime registration as a sex offender. Lyons is now 84 years old, the oldest predator I've caught. Given his history, you have to wonder if he's ever offended again. We have no evidence of that. And as I said, he's a registered sex offender, so he's closely monitored. But a guy like that, imagine you're 68. You're going after a 13-year-old boy after having been convicted of having sex with a 14-year-old boy. You do jail time on the weekends, which was basically a gift. And you're out prowling around, first on the internet, and then in somebody's home trying to hook up with a 13-year-old boy. I wonder if that had happened today if the sentence wouldn't have been longer. I mean, five years is a good sentence for a case like this. And at the time, because the whole To Catch a Predator franchise was so new, it was the first time in that case that we had collaborated with law enforcement. And I think in some of those cases, it took a minute for the judicial system to catch up with what we were doing. It has now, and you see stiffer sentences. And we saw that as the investigations progressed. The sentences in Georgia were longer than the sentences the first time we did an operation in California. I think judges take it more seriously now. Still, in some of these cases, there are pleas, and people serve, in some cases, probation if it's their first offense. And for some 
predators, I think that's probably just. But not for Robert Emmett Lyons. He was a stone-cold predator. A true creep. Just a vicious guy. And he had money to pull it off. But in this case, Lyons would not get away with a second rape. What else did he do that he didn't get caught for prior to that arrest? I guess we'll never know. Maybe he's talked about it with a therapist. I know sometimes these guys do that and the therapist would have some duty to report it. But so far as we know, as I mentioned, he's not reoffended. He's retired, 84, and living in California. And perhaps one of the biggest ironies in the Lions case is that one of the excuses he gave for being in our stinghouse was that he was worried the boy, the decoy, 13-year-old David, would do something to himself if he didn't show up, that he'd be disappointed. Well, Robert Lyons got his punishment. As you know, I encourage all of you to send me your questions so we can use them on the podcast. And this week's question comes from Greg in Southern California. Hi, Chris. My name is Greg, and I'm from Southern California. My girlfriend and I are big fans of To Catch a Predator and Hanson vs. Predator, so naturally we're also avid listeners of your podcast. My question is in regards to your upcoming Predator investigations, and that is, if you could choose any city or town in the United States to do a new Predator investigation, where would you choose and why? Keep up your great work, and we look forward to your upcoming episodes. Thanks again. Thank you, Greg, and thanks for listening to the podcast and loyally watching all the shows over the years. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because literally just a little more than a week before I recorded this episode, we shot one of those new episodes. And the working title is... Takedown with Chris Hansen, Predator Edition. That's what we're talking about. Some form of that. And we did an investigation, the traditional way, with the decoy on site. Predator came in. I confronted. He was arrested. I can't give you the location of where we did it just yet, but I will soon. It was very successful. And shocking to me that once again, 17, 18 years into this, guys are still showing up. Some of them don't know who I am, but many do. Regret, of course they have regret, but mostly for getting caught. In terms of where I would most like to do one of the new Predator investigations, that's a great question. And it's about a 10-way tie for first, and I know that sounds a little bit like a cop-out, but it's true. I think the key to this whole franchise, if you will is that we're able to do these investigations in different parts of the country. In other words, I would like to go to the Deep South and do one. I'd like to do one in the Northeast again. It's hard to do them in big police departments because there's a lot of bureaucracy. So typically we try to find a mid-size law enforcement agency. And the exciting news that I can share with you now is that we have multiple, multiple agencies who are willing to work with us, collaborate with us for future investigations. As I said, just a little more than a week ago, we we shot one. And we've got some on tap for the next few weeks. 
And I will keep you posted here and on social media as to exactly when those are coming out and where. But the way we're looking at it now, it'll be multiple places in two different forms of television reporting, which is very exciting. In a way, I sort of wish that nobody would show up and that we've solved the problem of men preying on children, but I suppose that's never going to happen. Hasn't happened yet. There is uh, some exciting news about the podcast. Just within the last week, we reached our millionth download. Thank you very much. We're a year into this podcast. I am overwhelmed by your response. I fully anticipate continuing this for many years to come, both profiling the predators as we have in this episode and getting some of them to actually come on the podcast and talk about their experience, what happened, and why they did what they did. We're in negotiations or discussions, I guess is a better way to put it, with a number of them, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to pull that off. Also, we're having some discussions with relatives of predators past, and I think that would be enlightening as well. And so I will keep you posted... If you're looking to reach out to me with anything, you can do so at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening. I hope you had a wonderful holiday, and I hope you have a pleasant, prosperous, healthy new year.